in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we're joined this week by Bryce Abel, and we hope to have our co-host Randall on the show. And I hesitate to tell you the issues we encountered with Skype trying to hook up Bryce and Randall and me in one group chat. Shocking, isn't it? It's it's just shocking. I like the way Sean Connery says, shocking. <laughs> I can't do that. But it is shocking that that this is supposedly one of the most impressive platforms out there. And I think Microsoft bought it and was supposed to improve it. And you still can't get a good connection. Well, you know, it's funny. We add normally. As a routine, we have conversations with, you know, four or five people sometimes. Yeah. And it works perfectly. But this combination may be because you were co-author of a book on disclosure. <laughs> well, I may be on a certain list in a certain place. We, we really don't know, but we'll just have to bravely go forward and, and pretend this isn't happening. We're not even here. No. Folks, we are not here. There is nothing wrong with your television set. Yeah. Because we're on radio. And the reason we're on radio is because I don't cast a reflection. I want to be serious. I don't want to joke because somebody I've known for over 40 years has left us this week. That was Stanton Friedman. Now, some regard him as the dean of UFO researchers. Others have different levels of disagreement with him. And we're not going to dwell on that. I had various levels of disagreement with Stan. We had debated somewhat on the MJ-12 documents, which he accepted as real and I didn't. Let's leave that aside. But every time I did see him at a convention, call him a convention friend. Anytime there was an event or a convention that he attended, we chatted for a while. And we did this, you know, every year or two. And then, you know, he announced, what was it, last year, that he was going to give up the lecture circuit. And we did a show with him. But it seems that, you know, he decided that he wanted to go out standing. So he kept doing the lectures. And at the airport, he died suddenly. We had him on April 1st, 2018, with Randall and I. And at that time, and I think... Bryce Abel will have more to say about that. We did talk to him a little bit about his personal life, which he did not really talk about very much on the show. But we got him to talk about it. I thought it's an interesting session. That's April 1st, 2018. But Bryce, you interviewed Stan at length about life beyond UFO research. Can you tell us about it? Uh, well, I think this is a tough one for all of us. Stan not only has defined the face and voice of this for a lot of people in the mainstream media, but but he's just also someone who, as you mentioned, was at a lot of the conventions. Now, my history with Stan may not go back quite as far as yours, but the first time uh, Stan and I connected was back when I was doing Dark Skies for NBC, and I was kind of on a reading jag, and I had read his book, Top Secret Magic, about those Majestic 12 documents, and I uh, reached out to him and optioned it. So we got to start to talking about it. Uh, uh, so I really got to know him, I guess, as a ufologist at that point, uh, flash forward a, a few years, and I 
got this idea that I wanted to tell the story of Roswell as the story of the competition to sort of race the undertakers to get all the best witnesses. And after Stan broke the story, there'd been a pretty strong competition between him and Don Schmidt and their respective teams. So I optioned Stan's life rights and Don's life rights and Top Secret Magic again and uh, Witness to Roswell and sort of put them in an atom collider of a screenplay rather. And in order to do that, I literally uh, created a timeline where I sat Stan and Don down, but in this case, uh, let's focus on Stan and just made him walk me through his life. And he was not a person who really wanted to open up very much. I think if any knock people have had over the years is that his talking points were very well established, and he didn't deviate too much from them, and he he really didn't speculate much. So I learned a lot of things about Stan that I just never knew. I mean, I, I didn't know that he was raised in an Orthodox Jewish family. I didn't know that he was the rabbi's star pupil, and he sang in the synagogue choir. I mean, these were just things that started popping up in in conversation with him. I, I thought it was pretty interesting that he was a sports writer at a high school at his high school newspaper, which was kind of in, incredible. He was a busboy in the Catskills. When he attended the University of Chicago, Carl Sagan was one of his classmates. Uh, he got his way through school by being a union waiter at a hotel. And then he started telling me about his family life. And I bet there aren't very many people who know that in the all the articles that have been written about Stanton Friedman over the years, and there have been hundreds, if not thousands, there is one that is in Ladies Home Journal from 1963 or 1964 that focuses entirely on Stanton Friedman and his wife's adoptions, doesn't mention ufology at all. He had a pretty profound life outside of ufology. He was a good and decent man. I I miss him as much as, as we all do. It's like when we go to the conventions, I look for the people I knew to be sitting at a booth. And every year... It seems there are fewer and fewer people. It's almost a sign of age, but I hate to say that. You know, I hate to say anybody's getting old because people do live longer now. I'll tell you the thing, uh, Gene, that makes me particularly sad. This movie uh, at the time was called Magic Men, M-A-J-I-C. It's it's currently been retitled to The Crash, referring to the Roswell crash. And again, Stan and I have talked many, many, many hours about the movie and about his life and how we would portray him, etc. He was very open to me taking creative license. I mean, he was just tickled that there'd be somebody playing Stanton Friedman. You know, the idea that might be Dustin Hoffman or someone, you know, it just made him smile. But he always said, you know, when I'd say, you know, I hope this doesn't offend you that we're going to be doing the scene this way or whatever, he would say, not at all. Just go ahead and get this thing made. I can't wait to be on that red carpet. So I'm I'm really sorry that if we get this film to a red carpet, which I do think is quite likely, uh, I'm sorry that Stan won't be on it. That really is the tragedy of this whole thing. He's gone too soon, and we all miss him, and he was a, a great and profound character. I mean, I will say this. Stan has has his edges, and that's what made him a great character. I loved writing him as a character, and I loved uh, putting him in scenes and writing the dialogue for him. And that's why it was so fun to get to know him, because, uh, you know, he marched to his own drummer. I mean, there's just no other way to look at it, and that's part of what made him so charming. 
How many times do you mention Cosmic Watergate in that script? <laughs> well, I mention it, but I, I think that goes back to the, the, the Stan talking points. And he had them. And if you went to these conventions, you heard them many times over. The hardest thing I found in talking with Stan was I kept trying to push him out of his comfort zone. I kept trying to say, look, Stan, you have spent more years looking into this, talking to more people than probably anybody else, or at least you're in the top five. I want to know what you think. What do you think is really going on? Because I think those of us who have done research into this this phenomenon, we know that it's quite strange. Even if it, it does, as Stan suspected, involve extraterrestrials, it may involve more. And I just never succeeded 100% in getting him to get off the talking points. And, and I, I, I think that's sad because I still, uh, as, as we mark his passing right now, uh, wish that we had him here on the line with us, Gene, and we could say, come on, Stan, we've heard the cosmic Watergate, but Watergate was covering up something. What is the essence of the cover-up? We have more to come with Bryce Sable. He's telling us about his encounters, his close encounters with the late Stanton Friedman, almost hesitate to say it that way. With Gene Steinberg and Bryce Sable, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. 
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Bryce is telling us about portraying Stan Friedman in a script, this unique character. Let me ask you a quick question before we go on. Do you think the Project Blue Book series about Dr. J. Allen Hynek as fictionalized, has that helped create a climate for something like this? Boy, I, you know, <laughs> I don't think there's a quick answer to what I think about Project Blue Book. I have a lot of nuanced thoughts about it. So I'll try to answer the na- Maybe we can come back to that later. The narrow question you're asking is, does the success of Project Blue Book on the History Channel make it helpful to a movie such as The Crash, the film that we have structured around Stan's life? Does it make it more likely? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably it's helpful in that regard. So to that, I say thank you for your success. As to whether my portrayal of Stanton Friedman in The Crash will be quite as far afield as the portrayal of uh, J. Allen Hynek on Project Blue Book. I don't know. I think I'm a little closer to the real guy than they are to their real guy. Well, in that case, Dr. Hynek was an action hero. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it, listen, the thing is, I'm all in favor of people getting interested in the topic, and certainly as a dramatist myself, I know about taking dramatic license, and I know that you can't just, if you want a documentary, shoot a documentary. If you want to know deeply, read the book. So I do understand that that liberties are taken. I have taken them myself. 
part of the problem about Blue Book at this point is simply this. Probably 90% of their audience doesn't know much more about Blue Book than what they're seeing on TV. So what they see in the Blue Book series is what they think Blue Book really operated like, which was not true. And they think that J. Allen Hynek is pretty much like the character as he's portrayed, which also was not true. But as long as we're talking about J. Allen Hynek and Stanton Friedman, I will tell you that when I interviewed Stanton for these many hours uh, over the years about his life and created this timeline, one name that pops up uh, over and over is J. Allen Hynek in terms of meeting with Stan. And I'm looking through my notes right now, and my notes say that uh, it was 1968 when Stanton Friedman first met J. Allen Hynek. And Stanton described that meeting as saying that Hynek had a problem with him, who thought he was a big mouth who didn't have a PhD. Let me see what else he said. He, uh, oh my gosh, I don't want to go on and on here. Um, so they meet multiple times over the years at various things. And they go from being guys who are sort of looking skeptically at the other guy, thinking that they're a hot dogger, to sort of hanging out together. I, I have another note in 72 where they were out in Los Angeles together and they hung out together at the Los Angeles Press Club for a while. I mean, so that's the thing about ufology gene isn't it that we are talking about the biggest subject ever in history it's so freaking important and yet we all know each other because it's kind of a small group now that's about to change as uh, we move further and further into an honest disclosure or discussion of this topic but right now if you're into ufos you certainly know who stanton friedman is and you uh, are thinking about his passing as a big loss, as, as I'm, I'm sure both of us are, even though, as you stated, you had some disagreements with him. And I, I had a few myself about some of his conclusions, but it doesn't change the gargantuan contribution this man made. When, when he, in 1978, tracked down Jesse Marcel and found the Roswell story, I mean, that is just huge. And I don't think he's been given proper credit for what he did. Now, what the essence of the film, by the way, is, is that Stanton, who was the guy who first found Roswell, got challenged by the, the younger guy, the Don Schmidt character, to take the story home. And I think in, you could make an argument that that happened. Stanton did get a little distracted by the, the MJ-12 documents. So that did take him off track a little bit in the uh, 80s and 90s. You'll notice, though, the book that came out on Roswell, as much as Stan contributed to that, you saw William Moore's name on it, you saw Charles Burlett's name on it. Yeah. But Stan was That's relegated to some kind of credit, I think. That is a crime. I mean, that is just a crime. And, uh, you know, I spent time talking to Stan about everything, including that. And he maintained a stoic attitude about it is about the best way I could put it that he, he knew he'd been screwed on that. And he just realized he couldn't put that genie back in the bottle and he would just have to live with it, which he did. And it's, it's sad that it happened that way. Uh, I don't think in today's environment, it would go down quite like that. Stan got sold a bill of goods and by the people who were putting the, that book out in 1980, who convinced him 
that somehow just because he had found Marcel that didn't make him and, and done most of the research for it, that his name would mean nothing on the book. And of course, that's that's really a tragedy. Well, Charles Berlitz, he was a bit of an operator, I think. I liked him, but he had that twinkle in his eye and he would say to me, I'm as honest as the day is long. And you and I know when someone says that, what the truth is. So he was a guy who was a yeah. good promoter with the Philadelphia well, Experiment book and the Bermuda Triangle book. So we understand it, that latching on to this and having his name on it helped the book sales. I just can't imagine did. why Stanton Friedman wouldn't help. Well, just sheer uh, decency and honesty and representation would, would say that Stanton's name should have been on as a co-writer. I'm not saying that Charles Berlitz didn't make a big uh, contribution by backing it. That was that was huge. That was uh, terrific. And uh, uh, But we should say this, that book has not stood the test of time because a lot of the information in that book has been rendered uh, you know, as being incorrect or or inadequate with all the great research that has gone on over the years uh, by numerous uh, researchers. But Stanton remains the um, the godfather of Roswell, and deservedly so. And as as we disclose more and more about this phenomenon that's facing us, and Roswell itself as an event comes closer into focus, uh, Stanton will be a name uh, on the. Ascent. I mean, when they write the history of how we came to grapple with this phenomenon, uh, Stanton's going to have to have a big, uh, a big page or two written about him. I find it unfortunate that he didn't get the attention that he deserved. He was good at one thing, which is important, especially on TV. He could do good sound bites. He, he could do good sound bites, but one of the things I have fun with in the screenplay, of course, is that if you take uh, Stanton Friedman and Don Schmidt and stand them up next to each other, you've got Don Schmidt, who is uh, sar- sartorially uh, knowledgeable and and puts himself together in a very, you know, uh, refined way. I guess. I mean, he looks like a a, a, a up and coming professional, and Stanton you know, kind of had that wild, crazy, mad scientist look. Got to do our break. Yeah. We'll talk about the mad scientist in our next segment with Gene and Bryce. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Missouri is the latest state to pass restrictive abortion measures. Governor Mike Parson. I think that's important. I think that's showing Missourians values, and it's a piece of legislation that will be signed in the near future. Democratic Representative Carrie Ingle. There's really no words to describe it. It feels like we're failing the state of Missouri. The bill increases tax credits for donations to pregnancy resource centers. Women who receive abortions after eight weeks would not be prosecuted, but doctors who perform them could face up to 15 years in jail. The weather is not yet spring in some places. Brian Hurley is lead forecaster at the Weather Prediction Center, and he has bad news for the nation's heartland. Thunderstorm activity, some of which could be severe, damaging winds, uh, hail, uh, but also certainly with that said, uh, the threat of flash flooding as well. This is USA Radio News. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144-800-280-2144-800-280-2144. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to The Paracast. So you were mentioning, as we broke last time, Bryce Abel, that Stan Freeman had, I guess with the hair and the beard, Dr. Zarkoff. He would have been a good Dr. Zarkoff in a Flash Gordon movie. I thought of him also as kind of a rumpled scientist look. A guy who was a nerd. You know, he sits behind 
his microscopes or something. Yeah. And I mean, he enters information on a computer. You don't think of him as a public personality so much. But he was a very smart guy. So if he wanted to, he could have said, well, what should I do to make myself uh, more of a on-camera personality? But he just chose not to do that. And, and it's funny. Um, I have a, a moment of a scene in the in the script that is based on real life. Uh, I met Stanton here in L.A. for another one of our research meetings. And my son, Jared, came with me to dinner. And so we were all eating and Stanton was eating his Cobb salad and he had a, a piece of food in his, uh, his beard. And so Jared and I were like, well, should we tell him or do we not tell him? I don't know what to do. And then Stanton saw that Jared was staring at his beard and he reaches into his beard, grabs the piece of Cobb salad and then sticks it in his mouth and eats it. And I thought, what a great moment. I've got to put that in the movie because that's a guy that I love. I mean, that's a guy who just was like, hey, I'm here to talk UFOs. I, I'm not here to be the, the guy that eats the perfect Cobb salad. I just thought it was great. It made me smile and it, and it makes me smile right now thinking about him. You know, that brings to mind the fact that every time I have met him at a convention, whenever he was eating something, it was that salad. <laughs> well, you know what, Stanton, I think it's all part of a personality. Stanton Friedman was a guy that found the things that worked for him. Now, they might not have worked for you or Don Schmidt or me, uh, but they worked for him. And th that might have been his talking points, and it might have been... Uh, you know, the way he did his beard or whatever. I mean, he found a look and he felt like what I'm saying is more important than, uh, you know, if I look a little bit like a wild mad scientist, so be it. Now, today, uh, I, I don't know. I think I, I think he's one of a kind. And I think I, although I guess if you I guess if you think about it, looking like a wild character is not a disqualifier. Um, I can't pronounce the man's name, but the host of Ancient Aliens looks a little crazy himself. And I wonder, was it deliberate or that, that's the way he is? Are and we, I kind of tend about, to I, about Stanton Friedman, yeah. that look. And, and that's okay. I, I really, it made him a unique character. And when you're a screenwriter, uh, you're looking for unique characters. And uh, uh, I, this is a true story, Stanton and Don Schmidt were, as you probably recall, very uh, tough competitors, we'll, we'll call it in the 90s, where they were trashing each other's books and trashing each other's research. And, and it was sort of that internal fight. In other words, the rest of the world doesn't even know about Roswell, or if they know about it, they think it's a, a, a bunch of made up stuff. And so the idea that two researchers could be fighting over the details would seem kind of odd to them, but they were. And here's what's funny. It really happened this way. Uh, most researchers don't have any money, but they've got to go put themselves up in hotel rooms or motel rooms and rent cars and drive out and interview witnesses. And that costs money. And so you're looking for someone to, to kick in some uh, funds. So Stanton and Don literally had someone agree to give them funds if they would work together. So these two guys who were fighting with each other and calling each other incompetent and ridiculous and 
bad researchers had to take this uh, trip through Roswell interviewing witnesses and staying in the same motel rooms together. And I found that to be funny enough to add a little uh, uh, humor to the the uh, the film that we're we're doing. And I think uh, if you if you can just imagine uh, Stan and Don uh, getting ready for a meeting together in their cramped little motel room, I, it just makes me laugh. You almost think of a TV show where the two leads absolutely hate each other. I'm thinking, for example, of that show. What was it, Castle? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Right. The the, the man and the woman well, didn't like I mean, each other. It's the classic uh, buddy comedy. You know, you put two people together who don't get along and then they have to get along in the pursuit of the greater good, which is really what the crash is all about. It's uh, Stan and Don working together uh, to try to nail down uh, uh, some important witnesses. And uh, my feeling was a spoonful of sugar uh, helps the medicine go down. The medicine being telling the uh, story that the Roswell witnesses have told and the spoonful of sugar is Stan and Don basically in a buddy comedy as, as competing researchers who have to work together. But who would be Chris Tucker and who would be Jackie Chan? I wonder. Actually, it's funny. Maybe during one of our breaks, I'll look at, we have a casting list and I'm unable to pull up any of the names in my brain right now as we're talking, but um, let, and, and let's face it. You have to decide which uh, which care you know this this would not be the eighty four year old Stanton uh, in the nineties uh, that makes him like almost thirty years younger so he was a man uh, a robust man in his fifties during the time frame of the film so you find a fifty four year old man yeah yeah yes so we and, think what actor well would be a good uh, Stanton I, Friedman I'm. I'm going to look at that right now and see if I can find that. Um, let's see. I think I do it. Here's casting. I'm looking on my computer right now. I'm going to say, uh, and, and th- these are probably old ideas, um, but here are a few um, that we've talked about. And by the way, when we say talked about, that's all it is. You you talk about the casting types and it doesn't really matter because when you're actually funded and green lit, that's when you go out and you find whoever the best person who's available. Um, but uh, here's some Stanton Friedman's that we had talked about at one point. Um, I mean, Tom Hanks would be fantastic. He'd sell your movie. Um, Paul Giamatti with a beard looks pretty good. Um, John C. Riley. We talked about at the, at the crazier end, Dustin Hoffman, Bill Murray. You know, um, well, Bill Murray and Dustin Hoffman are too old, but well, it, Paul, it, well, G- it, Paul you know, Giamatti, they, they weren't when we started down this road. And okay. People play younger. Um, the, the, the Don Schmitz, you know, Ryan Reynolds or uh, Josh Brolin or any anybody like that could be very good. I mean, again, you're right. A casting director will be employed and come in and and. Um, and help us find the right people at the right time when that time comes. I'm looking at a picture here, Paul Giamatti with a beard, white beard. Yeah. yeah. And But he's got that voice, that, he, that nasal yeah. voice that sounds like it could adapt to I, I think he'd Dan be Freeman. great. Uh, I, I think he'd be great. Um, and this film also involves uh, Congressman... Um, 
uh, Stephen Schiff, uh, who is a great character in the film, who could be just, you know, people that could knock Schiff's part out of the ballpark would be Alec Baldwin or Billy Bob Thornton or, you know, Dennis Quaid or somebody like that. So there's a lot of great roles in it. But Stanton would be someone who I can imagine an actor reading this script and who's reading it for Stanton and saying, I want to play this guy. And especially after they look him up on YouTube. So I'd like to see this movie get made because I'd like to see uh, Stanton um, portrayed uh, to the rest of the world. And I'd like to do it because I told Stanton I was going to do everything I could to make it happen. And that's still my commitment to him and to the project. Okay, of course, when you cast a movie, is there going to be a possible female lead to a movie like that? Maybe a Kathleen Martin or something? Interesting question. And we'll ask more about it with Bryce Sable. Obviously, he's a TV producer, a script writer, and he's very interested in UFOs and has been exploring the life and times of Stanton Friedman recently passed. More to come with Gene and Bryce. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Okay, so a watch is good and some jewelry. Better grab some flowers, too. Hey, what you doing? Uh, Mother's Day, remember? Oh, yeah. So I'm making lists, got to plan a trip to the store, then need to save all the receipts in case she wants to return. Uh, you know there's an easier way, right? I'm guessing you do? Yes, and I'm going to show you the easy, quick way to shop for mom and save 30% at sunshine-pillows.com. Ah, pillows. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Oh, not just pillows. Sunshine-pillows.com has the best selection of custom heated neck wraps and heated neck pillows. She always says she has stress. And aches and pain. Right? Look, they have hot and cold therapy products. Ooh, it says we can buy any select combo up to $150 Uh and get 30% off. Yep, just use this promo code MOM30. You know, for a little brother, you're pretty smart. Get something for every mom on your list and save 30% when you spend up to $150 on any select combo. Now through Mother's Day only at sunshine-pillows.com. Use promo code MOM30. Sunshine-pillows.com. Your complete line of therapeutic pillows and pads. Both my legs were amputated due to an IED. It's when you start to try to get back into like an everyday life. I absolutely felt like I lost some of my purpose. There must be something more. When DAV came into my life, they gave me a new mission. I could still be a productive member of society, could still support a family. The DAV gave him that sense of structure and purpose again to get his life back together. Visit DAV.org to learn more about our mission. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, I mentioned in the previous segment, a female lead. What character would that female lead play? Betty Uh, Hill, Kathleen Martin? Well, you know, if we're talking about the Stanton and and Don Schmidt movie, the the researchers, um, the roles that, I mean, the, the script is written and the, the female roles in it include the uh, chief of staff to the uh, Congressman Stephen Schiff character, who's very good. And uh, Stanton's wife is in it. Um, and there's a couple of other women who are uh, lesser characters. Uh, the, the, I think the problem of a movie about Stanton and Don Schmidt is it's two, two guys. And you can't turn one of them into a woman. Now, that's not the kind of dramatic license you want to take. So it is what it is. Uh, it's a movie about a time and a place and some specific people. I can only hope. Now, yeah. speaking of getting things made. Yeah. We want to go back to a show that I gather you're not really pleased with despite its success. And that is Project Blue Book. Tell us more. Well, okay. First, um, I want to commend them. They're, they've succeeded, and congratulations. And it, and it is wonderful to have uh, people take a frame of reference that might be to the effect that uh, I've been watching this show, and it leads me to believe there's more to this UFO thing than I thought, and I want to know more. That makes me pleased, so I'm happy with that. I had uh, lunch when it first came out with um, – 
the creator of it. And um, I, I, I think what their experience was, was my experience on Dark Skies and virtually anything else. When you're trying to do uh, real, realistic UFO kind of stories in Hollywood, the pressure is always on to uh, apply the standards and the fixes of drama. Uh, so you inflate uh, what a character can do or what he did or how he did it. Uh, you, uh, you, you know, obviously the stories they're portraying didn't happen the way they were doing it. Now, what you could say also is that the bonus to that is that the History Channel is using it as a springboard to put a lot of uh, internet content out there about the real cases. And to the extent that's true, um, I'm I'm in favor of it. I don't want to be too hard on. Project Blue Book, because that's really the pot calling the kettle black, because that's kind of the world I live in. And certainly Dark Skies, uh, uh, many people think uh, that my NBC series Dark Skies is like uh, it, it's it's got a Blue Book vibe to it or Blue Book has a Dark Skies vibe, however you want to look at it. It's a period piece. Uh, both were period pieces that involve uh, UFO events and ufology and characters uh, from those periods in them. The, the only difference, I think, is that Dark Skies, uh, as we portrayed it, was pretty straight up an alien invasion that just happened to be taking place in the 1960s and weaving in historical characters. But, you know, we never thought people were tuning in on Saturday night and uh, watching the show and saying, oh, my God, this is exactly what is happening. We didn't feel that. And and we weren't portraying it quite like that. Whereas Blue Book uh, is getting the network promoting it as if it's all true. You know, this is just the way it went down. So, you know, it's an imperfect world. I, I don't I'm I'm not overly critical of it. I've enjoyed watching what I've enjoyed, but I'll give you an example of of sometimes where I I just uh, I have to ask myself, okay, stop watching this as a person who knows a lot about UFOs and just try to watch it as a viewer, and maybe you won't. Maybe it'll be easier. Uh, they did an episode, I think their second to last episode, which all their ads and everything was like, this is going to be the Betty and Barney Hill story, which freaked me out actually, because I have the book captured under option and captured is the book written by Stanton Friedman and Kathleen Marden about the Betty and Barney Hill story. And, uh, we've developed that as a script as well. And, um, and so I know the Betty and Barney Hill story very well. And when I watched that episode, I thought, how can they even imply this is Betty and Barney Hill? There's nothing about this episode that is Betty and Barney. Uh, it was just so radically different. So I guess I guess the only thing that I would say about it is it's it's better if the the, the that semi permeable membrane between what really happened and what's fiction it's just a little too semi permeable on 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 blue book for people that know a lot about what they're watching and for people that that are watching it for the first time it's not a problem at all i mean look how popular it is um david o'leary as i said the creator i had lunch with um terrific guy uh 
seems to know a lot about the topic. And I think that he may have had a different show in his head when he first got it picked up. And the development process has probably pushed him into some decisions that were not necessarily his to begin with. That's just my assumption, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, just think of the ultimate example of how Hollywood changes a story. Years and years ago, they optioned the book Flying Saucers from Outer Space by Major Donald Kehoe. What film did it become? I ask you. Well, I ought to know this one, um, but I'm drawing it. Um, okay, I'll give you a hand uh, here. They had terrific When the special Earth Stood e Still? or No, they, no. The Earth Stood Still came out very shortly after the book. It may have been influenced slightly by it. It was a movie that featured special effects from Ray Harryhausen. Right. Okay. Well, you're going to have to tell me because I'm going to just not get this one. Major Keo was thoroughly embarrassed with the film, which I thought was pretty decent, except for the ending, Earth versus the Flying oh, Saucers. Right, of course. Well, uh, you know, again, I have to tell you, uh, Keo should have known what he was doing if that was the case, and he shouldn't have been so upset about it. One of the things that I literally sat both Stanton Friedman and Don Schmidt down when we were, after we had optioned their stories and were working on the script. And I said, guys, you just need to understand one thing. When, when you see this uh, script, when you read the script or see the movie, don't think of it as Stanton Friedman. Think of it as 180% of Stanton Friedman. Okay. Think of it as 180% of Don Schmidt, that we have to take what is the essence of you and pump up the volume of it. And I think that that is something that does happen in, in movies. Now, if you are Kehoe and you're looking to get the truth out to people, you know, I think his books were probably a better example of how to do that than licensing any one of them to be made as a, as a movie. Um, it's been a long time since I saw that movie. I can't remember whether it it felt ridiculous or felt like a, a, a good film for the time. Can you, what, what was your take? Earth versus the Flying Saucers? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a very good film for the time. It's probably on Netflix or somewhere. And if you watch it, it has some interesting aspects to it. Like, for example, the aliens are using these robotic uniforms mm. as a way to preserve themselves because they can't survive in the atmosphere without it. When you take when you take the helmet off, they look like withered gray aliens. Mm. Well, see, I mean, the whole thing, I mean, Robbie Graham has written a whole book on that, uh, Silver Screen Saucers, you know, going through the... Uh, the various uh, incarnations that have come in film and television on this topic. And, and I think uh, it is true that certain of these concepts were being floated in these fifties movies. And the question you have is, were they being floated in the fifties movies because there was some actual knowledge out there that was, that somebody was trying to put out there before the public or, or did it work the other way around? Uh, and and it's, a, it's a tough question. I think that there, 
but I always look at it this way. I happen to think Roswell is a true and actual event of a of an actual crash with the recovery of craft and bodies. That's my personal opinion. I don't know whether you subscribe to it or not, but if you do, uh, I would say then you have to believe that in 1947 this incredible event happened, and the government, which had a lot of resources uh, built up. Uh, from the World War II period going into the Cold War and had learned a lot about disinformation and propaganda and feints to the enemy, etc., probably had some thoughts about what they should do with this information and how to prepare the public for it. Okay, more to come with Gene and Bryce. You're in the Paracast, baby. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Here are some from Amazon. September 2018. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I've been using Extendivite for many years now. May 2018. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. March 2018. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. February 2018. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Right on, baby. Anyway, um, I don't want to use that voice because my mother told me once, if you use a crazy voice like that, one day you'll wake up and that's it. That's a twilight zone. I mean, yeah, you talk like that all the time and now you're stuck. Well, think of it this way. The funny faces, same thing. Don't make funny faces because your face will stick in that direction. And all I have to say is Jim Carrey. 
<laughs> well, mothers have been saying that for years, and it's never been entirely true, but God bless them for saying it. They're okay. just trying to help us. Of course. Now, Roswell, it's interesting. Kevin Randall wrote a book called Roswell in the 21st Century, and he's been doing something he calls Chasing Footnotes where he goes back to source material where you can. Obviously, with Roswell, it's very difficult. But he looks into it and sees what arguments hold up, what evidence holds up. And he found that he was less certain about what happened at Roswell after doing this, and he could never really get a consistent picture as to whether alien bodies were truly recovered from it. Well, I, I mean, I take his point. I mean, he's a terrific researcher. He was Don Schmidt's partner during much of this period with Stanton, uh, and it was sort of Team Schmidt and he and and Randall and Friedman was on the other side. And and I certainly think Kevin, it is a hardworking, diligent researcher. So I do take his point that they they may have um, shifted his uh, thoughts a little bit, but. I've spent so much time talking to Stanton Friedman and Don Schmidt and, you know, Tom Carey and, you know, many of the other people who have researched Roswell and people who have researched the research of Roswell. Uh, it's just my gut feeling. I, I'll i be the first to admit it if it turns out uh, I was wrong, but it feels to me like it was a, a real event. And I think Kevin uh, Randall got it right the first time. Well, I guess it's important to question your opinions, too. This is not something that you're probably covering in your movie. The fact that Carrie and Schmidt were originally kind of, sort of, taken in by these Roswell slides thing, things. Yes. Yeah. Whereas Kevin Randall said the not Roswell slides. Do you Listen, think that that diminished their reputations? Of course. Uh, look, I was very strong with, uh, I consider Don a friend. And uh, I believe it the Roswell slides were a, a huge uh, problem and that Don should have run from being associated with them and I believe that in the aftermath of when they were uh, proven to be not uh, out of this world but definitely of this world he should have been stronger in his denunciation and a little more transparency on how this fiasco happened would have been good for ufology that's my take but that doesn't take away from my uh, still considered opinion that the essence of Roswell, that there was a crash and there were bodies and there was a cover-up of that is true. I just think people have been trying to find the holy grail of Roswell and it's become this, uh, it exerts a power and influence of its own that causes uh, bright people to make mistakes. I can't think of a better or bigger mistake uh, than the the alien body slide uh, that was just a disaster and i will tell you this too in the in, in the interest of transparency i was approached by uh, the man with the slide uh, slides and i was being asked if i would uh, come to i guess it was mexico city and talk about what they mean in disclosure and i literally was given you know a few minutes in a delicatessen here in Hollywood to look at the two slides and decide. And in the moment, I will tell you this, in the moment, having never seen them before and seeing them in the moment under this sort of uh, sleuthing about, at first I I, I called uh, 
my partner on this movie, Don Most, and I said, I can't tell. I can't tell if they're really authentic or they're really not. But as as I thought about them over the next few days, I thought, I, I need these people to have ultimate transparency. And if they're not going to have ultimate transparency, uh, I don't want to be part of any big announcement. So I bailed out. I didn't do that. The not Roswell Slides. We had some shows on it. Now, Richard Dolan, I think, was kind of sort of taken he, in by it to some degree. He took my spot. <laughs> you know, he did. Uh, yeah, he and 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 it was a mistake. And I'm sure he'll 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 tell you that as well. Uh, who can think it was anything but a mistake in in the aftermath of it? It was a huge black eye to ufology, just a huge black eye, and and it it could have been prevented. It should have been prevented. And in fact, it's a an apocryphal story right now that I think we need to lay out there. Don't be taken in. Ask questions. What Kevin Randall's doing right now, I support. I think it's fantastic that he's rethinking and and revisiting the footnotes. What a great idea, uh, because that's exactly what needs to be done. We need to be more critical and more skeptical, because the truth is we are moving closer and closer to a a post-disclosure world, in which case all of these things are going to be discussed. And I think it's better to have your... uh, uh, your big boy pants on for this stuff and not be taken in by the the bull and nonsense, but to defend the really good cases uh, with with your heart and soul and to reject the ones that aren't so good. So, yeah, big, big mistake, big disaster. Um, and I'm sorry it happened. Now, the recent developments with this Pentagon UFO study that was sort of arranged by former Senator Reed and Bob Bigelow and everything and the Tuesda Stars Academy. Does that indicate some effort at disclosure or just a flash in the pan? What do you think? Oh, I think it's real. I think it's a game changer. Uh, I didn't initially know quite what to make of Tom DeLong, uh, to be candid. I, I, I was skeptical, but I bet I think that was a proper response. Be skeptical. Um, but what I've seen of the, uh, to the stars Academy and the people who are behind it makes me think Tom DeLong is a, is a cooler head than, than, uh, maybe some people think, I think he's done good things. And, uh, uh, Elizondo, you know, strikes me as the disclosure hero of the year last two years. Um, and I give great credit to Harry Reid. Think about what that says. Harry Reid, who used to be accused of being the most boring guy in the U.S. Senate, a man who held the highest position in the U.S. Senate, is now calling his friends and saying they need to make congressional investigations into the UFO topic. I mean, we are in a different world than we were a few years ago. But think of it this way. Some people say Mitch McConnell is the most boring speaker in the Senate. Well, he may be now, but if you put Mitch McConnell and Harry Reid on a debate stage together, everybody would be asleep by the end of it. Uh, so uh, who <laughs> who knows? They're both. But but, but my point is, uh, Mitch McConnell's not doing anything heroic right now, but uh, Harry Reid certainly is. So my hat is off to the guy. Congratulations, Senator Harry Reid. I only wish you'd started talking more publicly about all this earlier. And um, 
because and and I also wish that people were in their current positions of authority and power in the Senate and the House could speak a little more openly about it. We I could I could stand a more healthy dose of that. And to that extent, I will say one of the things I'm kind of pushing uh, is that. We begin to look at 2020, the presidential election of 2020, as an opportunity for uh, people to uh, bring more candidates to this topic to talk on the record. Because let's face it, you get 23 Democratic candidates right now. I think two or three Republican. They're all having town halls. I think we start showing up at those town halls and asking them what they think about this topic. Well, we know what Hillary Clinton thought, and that well, was we interesting. Do. Right, but I don't think that impacted her success one way or another. We've no, got it Bryce didn't. Sable. We've got Bryce Sable, and we started with a discussion of the late Stanton Friedman, whom we all miss, even if we didn't always agree with him. We've got more to come with Gene and Bryce. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. 
Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, I just want to tell everybody, no, Randall did not disappear from the show. We tried for, what, about a half hour to set up a normal group conversation in Skype, which we've done many times before, with Bryce, Randall, and myself, we could always get two out of three. I'm very honored I made the cut, because you and Randall could have easily done this. Well, I don't know. I thought we'd like to have you for a change. That's very kind. You know, we need the Hollywood influence. Well, I'm happy to provide it. Yeah. Hollywood, by the way, and it was raining like crazy last night. So we, we don't really get rain in May out here. So that's a big change, too. We're, this is the first year in a long time when uh, we are not in drought. Now, quite often we get some of that feedback here in Arizona, in the Phoenix area. But this time, just cloudy skies, overcast skies. That's about it. Well, I feel but- for you. It's... it's uh, it's beautiful out and i go to phoenix all the time i love the place it's great yes but you never call me when you're here (laughs) well why should i call you when we have skype it's so so easy and simple that's right if we can even call on skype on our phones you know that that's true too you know i don't even use telephones that much anymore we use skype when my son calls us from madrid he uses whatsapp which has great whatsapp has great audio quality but you can't really set up group conversations like we can with Skype. Right, right. No, it's great. Uh, the audio quality, uh, I just got back from uh, Europe, I, and I left my phone on because I, I wanted to be able to continue my work. And I would have conversations where it sounded like people were in the next room. I mean, the, the quality uh, and the, the ease of our technology has just gotten so advanced over the past decade or so it, i don't think anyone even knew i was out of town i and i didn't tell anybody i just took the calls and carried on anyway we want to persist in here in your activities so is it primarily focused on right now the possibility of these movie projects 
Well, you know, I, I actually have, um, well, yes, I mean, that is, I am a writer producer. Um, that's what I do. I don't do only UFO projects. I guess that would be the difference. Um, I'm very excited right now about a feature film that, um, that I'm the screenwriter of called the last battle. And, um, it's based on a true story about the last battle of world war two in Europe. It's, ex- it's with endurance media expected to shoot either, uh, this fall or next spring. And, um, it's a fantastic story. It's, it's happening. So I just wanted to, people should remember that the last battle, it's a, just a insane story. Can I, can I take 30 seconds and tell what it is or do I'll tell you what, let me just take a quick look at our clock here. There it is. All right. It's, it's hitting me on the head just a moment. Okay. It's a three-dimensional clock. I yeah, have well. to put my hand and go into it. To, no. Yes, we have more than 30 seconds. How about a minute? All right. Here's the deal. This is the, uh, the, what we would call the elevator pitch. You know, how much you can tell about a thing in the elevator. Okay. This is the, what happened. Hitler kills himself on April 30th, 1945. Germany surrenders May 8th, 1945. There's one week in between where it's a little crazy. And these American tankers get sent to a castle in Austria to rescue the French prisoners of war. The Nazis have been holding the French premiers and the French generals, guys that hate each other, blame each other for losing the war. They've been holding these high-value VIP prisoners at this castle. So the Americans go up and they do what Americans do. They're the heroes. They go in, they rescue the the French VIPs. They put the Nazi guards in the cells that the French were in. And the French do what French do. They get out the good wine and start celebrating. In the middle of the night, the Waffen-SS troops surround the castle based on Himmler's orders and start bombing the castle. They have orders to kill everybody inside to make sure they don't testify at war crimes trials. The Americans are outnumbered 20 to one, and they literally have to go to the Nazi guards they just locked up and say, let me ask you a hypothetical. If we give you your guns back, who are you going to shoot, us or the Waffen-SS? And the guards say, the war's over, we'll shoot the Waffen-SS. It's the only time in World War II where Germans and Americans fought together against a common enemy. And that's the story. And it's in a castle, of course. So it's the last battle in a castle. That's the story. So when you're doing something like this, of course, the real issue is how do you get someone to say, okay, we'll produce it? Which is well, uh, the most uh, difficult thing. You, you want to be in business with people that – it's all about finding money. Endurance Media uh, already has funds to make this film. And the, right now, we're just uh, out to the directors to find who's going to direct it. Um, but, for example, these other projects I've talked about, The Crash, which is the, um, the Roswell uh, Investigations film, and Captured, which is the Betty and Barney Hill story – the development's been done, but it's a matter of finding not only someone who is willing to uh, make the movie, because a lot of people would like to make movies, but it's finding someone who's willing to make the movie and has the money or knows someone who has the money to make the movie. Because as you can imagine, making movies is not cheap, particularly if they're UFO movies or high action World War II movies. So that's how it works. You're constantly trying to find a a meeting of the minds on the material and then hoping that the people who see the vision also have enough of the right contacts to fund the project. Uh, That's how features 
work. Now, in in TV series, that's an entirely different thing. Uh, usually, people have uh, deals with networks or studios or whatever, and and there's so many more buyers. I mean, television is where it's at right now. Everybody wants to be in television. Uh, when I started out in the business, it was like people wanted to be in features. Nobody wanted to be in TV. That's kind of reversed now. Um, and in fact, uh, I guess here's a little bulletin. One of the things I'm working on in television is you mentioned the book AD After Disclosure, the book that I co-wrote with Richard Dolan. Um, I'm working with my Dark Skies partner, Brent Friedman. Uh, who I co-created Dark Skies with, and he and I are working on the adaptation of AD to be a television series, and we hope to be taking that out pretty soon. Congratulations. I hope it happens. What well, about it's, the, the it's, stories it's, of... Go ahead. Go, no, I was just going to say, part of the problem with UFOs is that they are a Rorschach test for the executives. Many executives will say, I don't know anything about UFOs. Do you really believe in this stuff? So you realize, okay, I'm really starting at square one here, right? I've got to to convince them that UFOs are a worthy topic. Then I have to tell them this story. So you do get a lot of that. Um, and uh, But what, I, but what I find to be always interesting about trying to set up a UFO project is people who know very little about the topic are still happy to tell you exactly what your movie should be. You know, well, of so, course, that's the way it yeah. works, doesn't it? But the thing yeah. is also... Isn't it true, and you know this more than I do, far more than I do, that this comes in spurts where you get one show about something that succeeds and suddenly there's a million imitators. we got more to come with Bryce and Gene. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Missouri is the latest state to pass restrictive abortion measures. Governor Mike Parson. I think that's important. I think that's showing Missourians values, and it's a piece of legislation that will be signed in the near future. Democratic Representative Carrie Ingle. There's really no words to describe it. It feels like we're failing the state of Missouri. The bill increases tax credits for donations to pregnancy resource centers. Women who receive abortions after eight weeks would not be prosecuted, but doctors who perform them could face up to 15 years in jail. The weather is not yet spring in some places. 
Brian Hurley is lead forecaster at the Weather Prediction Center, and he has bad news for the nation's heartland. Thunderstorm activity, some of which can be severe, damaging winds, uh, hail, uh, but also certainly with that said, uh, the threat of flash flooding as well. This is USA Radio News. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144-800-280-2144-800-280-2144. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future. And you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So as I was saying, you get one show, one TV show or movie that's in production or at some degree where it looks like it's going to be a success, somebody inevitably comes out with an imitation. I'll give you a really perverse example of something like this. Marvel had a great success with the movie Captain Marvel. But those of us who are over 21 realized there was another Captain Marvel years and years ago. And he was a major competitor to Superman, but there were all sorts of lawsuits and everything. And Marvel got the Captain Marvel name, and DC Comics took over the original Captain Marvel and renamed it Shazam. So within weeks of the release of Captain Marvel, we had the release of DC Comics Shazam. That Pretty amazing, be a coinc- isn't it? Oh, yeah. that couldn't be a coincidence. Well, listen, but let me give you a real-world example of, of how sometimes it's not always easy to see what the reality is. Dark Skies was something that Brent and I were working on for years, and, and I had sort of played around with the incipient idea of it. Then along came a show called The X-Files, 
you know, we knew what we were doing already, but X-Files is on and becomes a hit, which did make it easier for NBC to buy Dark Skies. But the X-Files fans assumed that our show had been created to compete with the X-Files, but it, that wasn't the case. It may have been the case that NBC bought it because of that. You know, Brent and I didn't look at the X-Files and go, gosh, I think we should do something about UFOs. I mean, we were both UFO guys from long before. So there's always a story behind the story behind the story on these things. And it is true that ideas are in the air. And it is also true what you said, that success of one thing does get an executive's attention. So, for example, Project Blue Book certainly has got other networks and buyers out there thinking about this topic. So, you know, hopefully um, I'll be able to capture some of that energy because one person's success at least breaks the door down for something else to follow. And you hope that you get good product. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, that may be the one way to look at it, but I don't know any of my fellow writer producers who are out there to knock off cheap imitations of anything. All of us are passionate to make our own ideas, or if we're working on somebody else's idea, to make it the best damn thing we can. And frankly, most executives aren't trying to just find knockoff cheap imitations. It's that ideas get in the air and you know, let's face it, how many genres are there? There's the police uh, procedural genre. So if you come up with another police procedural, it's not a cheap knockoff. It's just another way to look at that genre. So right now, we are probably in a period where in a few years, within the next few years, you'll see several more uh, UFO-related series tried. And it doesn't mean that the the people that are doing it are bad writers or hack writers, or that the executives are just uh, trying to you know take advantage of the situation, but it is a business. If you're going to spend money making a television series, it's nice to know that uh, somebody else has uh, some success with the genre that you're going to be attempting. There is that. That is true. And if you get two good films out of it or two good TV shows, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. You have the inevitable situation where one TV show begats another show, like you had Jag. Right. And Jag came along after a few good men about the yeah. judge advocate general yeah. group of lawyers for the military. And they created the series that did very well. And then NCIS became the spinoff. Yes. We forget that. NCIS was not the original. It was the spinoff to Jag. And then we got NCIS LA, which is the special operations unit. That's why they go after all the terrorists and everything. Well, okay. I'm starting to see your point, though, because it is true that when you are spinning off series, that is a calculated decision. That's like saying, you know, that's why there's so many versions of law and order that have been done over the, over the years and the NCIS and the the CSIs, that is a little, that's just basically economics 101. Let's see how many people already like this. Let's do another version of it. But I guess what I'm saying is when you see, uh, and, and, and that's like a, a sequel or whatever, but when I see uh, something like, uh, well, from my own personal experience, uh, X-Files fans uh, had a little initial resistance to Dark Skies because they assumed we were just trying to knock them off. But in reality, people that watched both found them to be quite different. So I would just say, when you see a show that's just in the same genre you like, 
by all means, give it a chance because uh, people aren't trying to be crass. They're just trying to make something good that you might watch. And not every spinoff works. Like Criminal Minds Minds could never get a successful spinoff. They tried a couple of them, and they never worked. They had pretty good actors, Gary Sinise and one, and things like that. Didn't work, didn't work. NCIS was lucky. We have NCIS Los Angeles, which is what, nine or ten seasons with LL Cool J and Robin. Yep. Chris O'Donnell, whose career really, really was in the toilet after the last Batman film. And he's doing well on the TV series. And then, of course, NCIS New Orleans with the last captain of the Enterprise from the TV show Enterprise. Right. I mean, I guess you could argue, do we really need that many versions of CSI? Do we really need all uh, that many law and orders? And I guess the answer from a Hollywood point of view is you need as many as people will watch. If you want more fresh content that isn't a sequel or isn't a spinoff, then stop watching sequels and spinoffs and they'll start putting more original shows on. Well, Law and Order's down to one series now, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. 20 years. Boy. Imagine that. that. Yeah. 20 years. And and NCIS, which you know, is hard for me to believe, is what is 17 years or something. So, uh, something it's like amazing. But people, look, we're creatures of habit. We find something we like, and it gives us comfort that every Thursday night at Nine o'clock, we can watch something. But what's happening right now, of course, is that those patterns of that that used to provide comfort of, oh, it's Wednesday night. I always watch this. Um, that's going away as we begin to uh, go to the streaming services and uh, you know and 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 even the networks are trying to make their product available when you want to watch it. So we're rapidly entering a period where there is no comfort of oh, this is the night when something's on the, because you can watch it whenever. All that, all that we're going to have in the future is, oh, this is the night when you can first download Game of Thrones, but you, know, you could watch it an hour later or the next morning or whatever. And, and that is taking some of the specialness out of some of these programs. Bear in mind now there are two other ratings categories when they do ratings of shows. The overnights, next day. Live plus three. That's a DVR, viewers, three yep. days after the show is first broadcast. And then live plus seven. And when you get to live plus seven, suddenly on some shows, the rating more than doubles. Absolutely. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I feel bad. Well, I'm in favor of DVRs because when Dark Skies was on, it was like one of the last seasons before DVRs came in. And so it was on Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And most people I know are not trying to stay home on Saturday night at 8 o'clock. They're trying to go out and have some fun with friends or whatever. And so it was really hard to get our audience, but there was no DVRs. So if they weren't there in their seats at home to watch it then, so it's really hard to get an audience and to, and to stay healthy under those uh, environments. And I think the new environment where you basically uh, watch it when you want to watch it and they rate it, as you said, either three days out or seven days out or whatever, that's all healthy because that really now starts to measure and uh, what, what's really being watched. And it gives the audience, uh, you and me, a chance to have more of an impact on keeping things on the air that we like. 
We got more to come, and not just about TV ratings. With Bryce Abel and Gene Steinberg, you're in. Oh, the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Bacon lovers, we ship free. 
try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I sure hate to have to interrupt long stories because of the law of the jungle in radio. Go ahead, Greg. No, it's no problem. So I was doing this research about uh, Alaska, and, and I was looking at Three Saints Bay and the first co- colony that uh, the Russians had, had had in Alaska. And it had lasted for a little less than 10 years, and a tsunami came in. There's probably an earthquake somewhere or whatever, and, and this big wave came in and wiped them out. Well, they relocated up to what is now Kodiak. Uh, but there's other areas. Old Harbor uh, is, is close to there, and there's an island called Kaladak Island. Uh, that's uh, just off the coast. And I was reading, and, and they have a, a location there uh, that's called Refuge Rock. And it's basically the wounded knee of Alaska. It was uh, um, uh, the indigenous population that was living there. They would go out onto Refuge Rock whenever they would get attacked by anyone. And there's no way that you can uh, can breach these cliffs. You know, you're up on this big flat area and then there's cliffs all the way around and you'd be able to defend yourself very well well they didn't understand gunpowder and cannon and when the russians came in to try to take them all as slaves they went to refuge rock and basically the russians bracketed uh, cannon fire in on them and and killed anywhere from 300 to 3,000 people and we know this because at the end of the 1700s a dutch explorer came in there a dutch sociologist actually came in there and uh, interviewed quite a few of the people that actually survived the massacre and were taken as slaves so he interviewed viewed these people and i thought man i really want to go to that because this is out in the middle of nowhere so when i got through with class uh that that Friday, um, I went to the airport there in um, Kodiak and got a, a, an Alaskan Uber uh, at that time. This was 1983, I think. And so an Alaskan Uber at that point was the least drunk guy at the airport would give you a ride in this plane, you know? Uh, I don't know. It's like I, I had... I had less than 200 bucks. I think I gave him 20 bucks or 30 bucks, something like that, to fly me over to Old, old Harbor. And landed there, got out, and I had to walk into town. It's a big muddy road going into town. You have all these big pine trees. You know, it's beautiful green. And I'm walking, and, and the the road kind of curves to the right, and I see this huge blue dome there. And it was a a Russian Orthodox church in Alaska, in the middle of nowhere, man. It was really, really interesting. So anyway, I go over there and I go check in at the Bates Motel. <laughs> this was a really bad motel. And then I uh, went down and I talked to some of the the fishermen that were down there, the guys on the boats asking, you know, who who's for hire and who will take me over there. Uh, to make a really long story uh, a little bit shorter, um, one guy agreed to, uh, to take me and drop me off close to 
where Refuge Rock was, and he was taking another group out to go actually fishing. So they they were going to go out fishing, then come back and get me in eight hours when they came back. So they dropped me off on this little spit of land. Man, I I was out there by myself in Alaska, nothing around, and I sat there and looked at that rock. It was about three hundred yards off offshore. I was supposed to be there, and. I was supposed to go there and I had been in the, in the water all, you know, for the last three weeks. And I'm, I'm looking at, I didn't have my gear with me, but I'm looking, I'm like, I can make it over there. So I I started, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. So I started going into the water and I'm going into the water and, um, I was probably about 70, 80 yards out and I was getting up to my waist and I was looking around and it looked like there's like a road that was underwater that went all the way there. And I, I just had this metaphysical th- experience that these things or whatever it was, was telling me I was supposed to be on that Island. And I got scared and I turned around and I went back and I regretted it ever since, man. I, I was like, I didn't, I didn't pass the test. I was supposed oh, to go out there, you know? Yeah. That was like, we're just getting to the good part. I, I mean, know. The whole story is pretty cool, but I had no idea that kind of stuff went on up there. That is a really interesting story. Yeah. I, and, and I get emotional even thinking about it and, and talking about it. And I'm thinking one day, maybe I'll, I'll end up back there somehow, but you can nowadays, um, you can go on Google uh, Google Earth and actually go and look at this thing. And there is a road, an underwater road that that is from the spit of, of sand all the way out to Refuge Rock. And if you look behind it on it, and I saw this and I, I was trying to put two and two together, but I, I didn't have that elevation uh, look on the whole thing. But it looked like to me that they had dug dirt and then carried it out into the water and and put it down in the water and actually built this little raised area all the way out to the island but nowadays you you it's a uh, it's a heritage site now and you can't even get on the island anymore you, it's completely illegal for you to go over there and all that stuff but you can see it on google earth it's pretty cool oh yeah well you might be able to get a permit or something maybe the tide was just up at the time or something and the, you know maybe yeah. a low tide it, it it was exposed or something no it that that was low tide that was oh. absolutely low tide but that that's how i'm assuming that they would get if they didn't have uh any kind of you know canoes or anything to get there uh that would be a really easy way to to go out and uh, go through there if you had the the proper you know clothing on you could do it of course, like this feeling that you had, though, I mean, we're talking about a uh, very subjective feeling yes, of yeah. something that was going on. Excellent story. But have you had other experiences where some sort of uh, external phenomena seemed to materialize or present itself to you in some way? I have not. Nope. But you've talked would, to people who have, I assume. All the time. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I hope one day that it happens to me and you know, you have, you have the people that go, well, you're just not open to it. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of reasons why we see what we think we see. And, uh, yeah, you know, and, and you go to, I think it has a lot to do with locations because I mean I, I've I've traveled all over the place in the military. I've I've gone to over forty countries. Uh, I think I I need to do another little count on it. I think I have like fifty two countries, and every country I've been to, I've gone to at least one, if not multiple, 
you know, odd locations, someplace that would lend itself to suggestion that paranormal activity would likely occur there. For instance, like, you know, if there's, if there's a, a haunted location, well, Gettysburg is probably one of them. You know, the battlefield at Gettysburg or the, right. the pyramids of Giza or the, the Lizzie Borden house or, you know, something that where some sort of very tragic thing happened that would lend itself to what we believe is a ghost experience or, you know, a psychic impression or, or some sort of thing that would happen. So I've, I've been to a lot of those places and I've, I've had the, the strange feelings and, and that that sort of thing. But I, you know, I've, and there's been a couple of times where people were using spirit boxes and the spirit boxes said things that, you know, I, I run statistics in my head and go, wow, what are the odds of that spirit box answering that question? You know, who just came into the room? Randy. And Randy just walked in the room. How does that happen? You know, uh, but you know, it's one of the, it's one, another one of those, I'm using air quotes, tools that paranormal investigators will use and it's a uh, it's an fm radio or an am radio on perpetual scan and it's just stopping every time it hits you know a, a a strong frequency and it gives you a you know a millisecond of of time for one word to come through and then it skips to the next one i've taken them apart i know how they're they're made that's completely random that's kind of like a, a really cool magic eight ball you know, it's an electronic magic eight ball. Just depends on what it lands on, what it's going to, the information it's going to give you. But, you know, there's been a couple of times where, you know, like Randy walks in the room and, you know, who just walked in the room and the thing says Randy. And that's just amazing. Well, yeah. And, and these are, this is the whole synchronicity of the thing. What we've got is a system that we understand perfectly well. And, within the belief system of afterlives itself should have no bearing on how the detection system is working because we've got two entirely separate uh, sets of phenomena that uh, philosophically and physically, if it is even a physical thing, and yet somehow there are these correlations that seem to happen in the world. Yeah. And things like that happen to me all the time. People will say things or a word will come forward uh, that I've never heard before. And then for the rest of the day, I hear it three more times. I'm like, where is this word coming from? Um, but well, you know what? Let's break. You know what? I have words, <laughs> many words. I could tell you words. No, those words are not allowed on commercial radio, but we have words from a few of our benefactors. And after you listen to them, You'll know why I have those words and what they're for. Greg Lawson, I don't know what I just said. Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. 
all this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. If you go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny because they haven't chosen to take the first step towards the life they've always dreamed of. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Start small or dream big. Work part-time or full-time. You choose the pace. Just visit startlivingyoung.com. That's startlivingyoung.com. And click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health products company that spent five years on the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in America list. With over a billion a year in sales, they'll provide all the tools you need to thrive and succeed. And you'll be blown away by how little it takes to get started. Visit StartLivingYoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab at the top of the page. 2019 will be the year your new life begins. Your destiny awaits at StartLivingYoung.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Again, J. Randall Murphy is not here, not because he didn't want to be here, not because there's any argument. It's because Skype would not allow a three-way conversation between Arizona Hollywood, and Calgary, Canada. I didn't realize he was in Canada. That explains everything. It actually Uh-oh. explains nothing. I, I don't know. I, it, it just was too bad. I mean, I enjoyed talking to him. I'm, glad, I'm sorry he's not here. Randall, we miss you. Randall's trying to diagnose it from his end. So we'll see oh, where he goes. Yeah. Right. Let's go back, though, into the disclosure thing. Sure. Now, after disclosure... We can summarize this, and those who are interested can buy the book. How much would you have to update today with AD to reflect current developments? Well, very little, actually, um, but there, but some specific things. I mean, when Richard and I wrote it, you put the most contemporaneous cases in, and obviously we'd update cases. If I was to do a rewrite of it right now, we'd have to include uh, the whole Tom DeLong. Uh, organization. We'd have to include the New York Times reporting. We'd have to include the fact that the Navy is going to change r- reporting requirements, etc. There's a lot of things that I would would want to put in there. Uh, Harry Reid, we've talked about a lot of the things that are out there. But in the macro, though, that book really stands up because I, I still think the only thing it's missing is the specifics uh, that are of today's headlines. But in general, the idea that once we move from this sort of soft disclosure to a, a harder disclosure where other countries are joining in and where uh, our own leaders are c- confirming things and we're getting more information uh, from that is 
technological, et cetera, that, and people are pretty much going to work and talking at the water cooler about, oh my God, this is really happening. I think you're going to see much of what we talked about come true. Uh, there will be disruption, but I guess I would say it's a, it's transformational uh, what, what will be happening. And it will literally transform everything from science to education, to government, the military, medicine, just every aspect of our modern life that you can think of is going to be bent and twisted a little bit when everybody in the world starts to realize that, as I said before, and I'll say it again, that some of the things flying around in our skies are from someplace that isn't here and they're being flown by somebody that isn't us. Once, once we're all pretty sure of that, it gets a little rocky because people are then going to say, okay, I'm not now going to go back to bed and sleep quietly and, and raise no more questions. I want answers. And so we are going to get into a time where all kinds of things are going to be discussed. Here's a great example of just some of the specifics that Richard Dolan and I talked about in AD after disclosure. Once you've started admitting that some of these things are real, Imagine all the pilots who uh, suffered because they either they tried to report a sighting and got grounded uh, or saw their career suffer. Well, they're going to file a class action lawsuit against somebody, right? I mean, there's just going to be. And what about abductees? What if the government actually know, knows that a certain percentage of abductions are real? But what they've allowed to happen for 40 years is for people to be ridiculed for claiming that they were abductees. Don't you think those people are going to uh, raise a fuss about that? I mean, we're just we're going to come unhinged in a way and then we'll muddle through it, I think, depending on what the actual truth is. But you see, there's also an issue here to talk about. There are some people who will argue that UFOs are a phenomenon that is in part a manifestation of a collective unconscious and a manifestation of what they call co-creation, that we are working to alter or interpret this phenomenon in terms of our cultural upbringing. And that's why UFOs today have the science fiction aspect. As far as abductions are concerned, let me just drop this all at you in one fell swoop to talk about it. Okay. With abductions, a friend of ours, Miguel, he calls himself Red Pill Junkie. Don't know if you heard of him. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. He's a really, he's a pretty, pretty brilliant guy there. He's also a good artist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He did a piece for our Paracast newsletter, and he's written about it elsewhere, suggesting the similarity between the near-death experience and the UFO abduction. And some feel that the abduction is separate from the UFO phenomenon, whatever it is. Well, <clears throat> there is a lot to unpack there. I'll, I'll, I'll start by going back to uh, a physicist at the turn of the century, the last century, uh, the 1900 uh, turn. Uh, his name was J.S. Haldane, I believe. And he's famous for a quote, uh, the universe is not only stranger than we imagine, it is stranger than we can imagine. All right. So I'm pretty sure that uh, none of us 
have the actual uh, monopoly on truth on this thing right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if much of the cover-up that we've endured over the years has been because it is unclear even to the people who think they're in the know as to what's really going on. That's why a disclosure will be a, a, a bumpy ride. But I do think uh, there's more to it. This is just my opinion. I mean, everybody's got one. Uh, but I think there's more to it uh, than just a collective unconsciousness uh, summoning up uh, this thing that we now see as scientific. Uh, I could, it could be the other way around. In other words, it's always been uh, nuts and bolts, um, but it's been perceived as fairies and gnomes and things like that over the years. So I, I, I think we are in a in a tough patch where uh, we need uh, to do some better research. And I'd like to get my hands uh, uh, on some of the research that others have done over the years, because let's face it, I still go back to if Roswell in 1947 was real, that means that they have had, what, 72 years to work on this? That's a lot of studies. That's a lot of cases. That's a lot of information. And it's time to get it out of the vaults and out onto, um, well, the internet and everywhere else. It's time for us to study it because um, one of, I used to be the uh, chairman and CEO of the Television Academy. And there was a guy uh, there who always said, all of us together are smarter than any one of us. Um, and I, I just have never heard anything more true. That's just absolutely the truth. All of us are smarter than any one of us. And part of the problem of secrecy is that it keeps you from – you hit a roadblock in your research, and you want to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, um, hey, here's the roadblock I just hit. What are your thoughts about this? I know you're an expert on something. And you can't do that when everything is compartmentalized. We need to break the secrecy compartmentalization down so that this really fascinating, incredible phenomenon can be studied by the best minds across the planet at the same time. And I wouldn't be surprised that one of the greatest things that disclosure is going to give us is at the, at the beginning, yes, it'll be messy, but with time – uh, we will find that unleashing the best minds of the planet at the same time on it may actually give us some answers. You wonder here with compartmentalization whether the problem with disclosure is that no one agency knows everything. Each agency right. has a little bit of information they keep to themselves for whatever reason. There's turf battles, that kind of thing. It's kind of going back to 9-11 where one of the reasons some suggest we weren't fully aware of what was going to happen is because each agency wasn't talking to the other agency. Maybe, maybe not. We've got Bryce Abel. We're talking here now about what the government might know about the prospects for disclosure, what might happen after that. More to come with Gene and Bryce. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You see, the, the overall assumption, I guess, in the UFO field is that assuming UFOs are spaceships, not collective unconscious or something else, that the military is keeping a secret. They know everything. Yeah, I don't and believe you, that. No, it may be, as I suggested, different agencies have a certain level of information that they've collected. And if they could integrate everything, right. they'd have some answers. And well, indeed, that, the government is not going to admit, we don't know what's going on. No, and, and partly because at this point, if they had admitted it in the 50s, People would have said, well, of course, you had to study it and blah, blah, blah. Right now, uh, to admit anything would be to say, we've basically been lying for 70-some years by omission. I I don't think uh, with this compartmentalization that anybody is going to just come out and lay it all out for us. It isn't like they're going to call reporters into the briefing room and say, everybody, here is a three terabyte hard drive for you full of the best photos and videos and documents. That's not going to happen. But there may be an event at some point uh, that raises the question of these objects in such a direct and clear way that people say, okay, if that's not ours and it's not theirs, then whose is it? Now, at that point, we start to have a situation And the situation will be what people in authority decide to do with that situation. And it doesn't necessarily have to start with the United States. I think we'd probably like to be the leaders in disclosure, but Russia could do it. China could do it. France has already tried doing it. They could try again. The Pope could do it. The idea that somebody in an official capacity says, yeah, we're really open to this and we're as uh, interested as anybody in, in getting this truth out, we may be reaching that point. And we almost have to, if we're as a species going to grapple with whatever is happening here, and it's clear something is happening. If we're ever going to get to the place where we grapple with it, then what we have to do is start. I mean, you you can't get anywhere if you don't get started. If you want to write an essay, you got to you got to start with a few words. So it's time to get on with it. That's all there is to it. I used to say that if during the Obama administration, he came on a press briefing and he said, I have to tell you something special, something momentous, the biggest story in our history. We're being visited by beings from other planets. If he even brought on E.T., they'd think it's somebody in a uniform or costume and they wouldn't believe him or half would and half wouldn't. And the same is true for President Trump. If he said something like that, his 30 or 35 percent of followers would believe everything he says. And then the other 50, 60 percent would say, nah. No, I don't think that's the case anymore. I would say if Obama did it, he's a very, he was a very careful, controlled man. So the disclosure that Obama would have been behind would have, would have come with some evidence and some policy. Right. He was a policy wonk in that regard. And he would have said, this is going to be the policy that we pursue in in, uh, bringing this to the people. I think, though, that the irony of all this is uh, the disclosure president 
it looks like it could very well be Donald Trump. And the irony there is if Donald Trump were to go and stand on the White House lawn right this second and say, yeah, by the way, those UFOs, they're all real. I think a lot of people wouldn't believe him because he, he you know, he doesn't have that relationship with the truth that people are, are used to. But uh, I do believe we are closer and closer to some form of disclosure. If Trump wins re-election, that means we got a six-year window here where if disclosure happens, he will be the disclosure president. So I put the chance fairly high that it may be him who's standing there. And if you don't want him to be the disclosure president, then I guess you should not be voting for him in 2020. If you think somebody else should be the disclosure president, you should think about that because that is probably the going to be the issue of 2020 that is the least discussed issue, but it's going to be potentially the most troublesome in the next term. You also have to consider the implications to existing industries, space travel, energy especially. Because I, if you have evidence of a technology that's way, way, way beyond anything we can do here, what happens to those industries? First of all, we, what do we know? As my partner Dolan often said, is we know one thing. They're not flying around on gas engines, right? So if just acknowledging that UFOs are real uh, would set into motion uh, a whole reevaluation of the energy industry, and we would probably make some strides in getting uh, further and faster away from the internal combustion engine than we already have. Everything's going to change. Every single thing is going to change. This is the biggest change that ever will happen. And I have to say, uh, just as a citizen and as a human being, I'm nervous. I mean, I, I don't know whether the ultimate reality of this uh, truth is uh, negative, as David Jacobs might argue. I don't know if there are space brothers, as some of the wishful thinkers would like. I really don't know. I don't have enough information to make that call, and I'm very nervous about it. But having said that, I don't think the uh, option of secrecy fits anymore. It may have fit uh, in the early days. But right now, in the world we live in, with the problems we have, secrecy is no longer the right option. It's not the right choice for us. So we're going to have to make some changes. And just as an aside on that, if you imagine that some people in our U.S. military in 45 uh, with the uh, ghost rockets and and uh, the Foo Fighters and then in 46 with the ghost rider uh, rockets and 47 with Roswell, some of our people – knew what was going on. It was classified in a more traditional way because it was the military that was in charge of managing the secret at that point. And I bet if you interviewed those people at that time, most of them would have said, yeah, we'll be lucky to keep this one for 10 years. It's, you know, but we're, we're not going to tell anybody until we have to. I bet they'd be shocked that we got 72 years out and still haven't copped to the whole thing, but we will soon. Well, there's always one way to end it all, which is whatever forces behind UFOs makes its presence known on a mass scale. Beautiful. If that and were then, done, everything yes. is off the table. Well, Gene, I, I, one of the things I like to do is say, well, what do we know? What do we know for sure? Here's one fact that we know for sure about UFOs. We know that we and they 
Well, let's call them the others. We know that humans and the others agree on one thing and one thing only for sure. They agree on secrecy. We know this because both sides have the opportunity to end it immediately. We could call a news conference and lay out those terabytes of information and tell everybody that they're real, but we don't do it. They could land on the White House lawn or in Central Park, or they could hover over our cities or do whatever it is that they want to do to announce their complete uh, viability in our skies, but they don't do it. I mean, I'm going to so, ask you the obvious question in our next segment with yeah. Bryce Abel and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Missouri lawmakers have passed a ban on abortions after eight weeks. The governor, Mike Parson, says he does support it and he will sign it. And now there's calls for a boycott of the state of Alabama because of its new abortion law. USA's Chris Barnes has more on that. The law signed this week bans virtually all abortions without exception for rape and incest. Now the controller in the state of Maryland, Peter Franchot, says he's advising that state's $52 billion pension fund to pull any money it's invested in Alabama companies. Because it's a theocracy. It's not based on scientific fact. The only thing that can offset that in my experience is money. Meanwhile, the Colorado Secretary of State's calling for a boycott, and she's banned her staff from official travel to the state because of that new law. This is USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month 
commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy, some uncle I never knew, called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars, and they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called the Tax Doctor, and the Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-985-1610. 800-985-1610. That's 800-985-1610. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast the gold standard of paranormal radio. Bryce Abel, the obvious question here is, is it all possible after all this that one or more agencies in the government has already interacted with this other force? And they're working together to decide when the populace is ready. Well, I don't have enough information to answer that. I, I mean, I guess I can answer it. And if the question is, is it possible? Damn right, it's possible. It, it's clearly possible. Do I personally feel that's true? I don't know. There are people that have talked about it, but I'm not seeing any real evidence of interaction. I suppose it wouldn't surprise me if there's another intelligent life form interacting in our world, then it's possible that they've spoken to us and we've spoken to them. And, and if that had actually happened, then I suppose that would be one reason to keep the cover-up going. You'd, it, it's a pretty hard thing to disclose, isn't it? Um, by the way, those UFOs are real. And yeah, we're in discussions with them right now. I mean, hell, we can barely cover a meeting between Trump and, and uh, Putin. How, how is that going to go down? But, you know, if I can pull it back to Stanton for a minute, uh, the one thing he always said that I disagreed with, and I, we, we both mentioned that we disagree with certain things, but I heard him say it so many times. He would say things like, we're not unique. We're not special. You know, when people would ask him uh, about what the nature of the contact was, and he would act like, what are we? We're nothing. You know, we're just, we're just a violent species. What do they care about us? Well, they obviously care about us. He was wrong. They care about us. They're here. The fact that they're here means they care. And I think the answer is not that the universe is teeming with life and we're not unique and we're not special. I think the answer is the opposite. I think the universe is a vastly big place, yes. And there are a lot of planets out there where life might exist. But I bet that intelligent life and certainly intelligent life that has achieved technology or some standard of technology is much more rare than we think it is. And I think that intelligent life is interesting to all other intelligent life. So my bet is in some way, shape, or form, the others, the wherever they're from, might be extraterrestrial, might be interdimensional, might even be us, time travelers. I don't know. Whoever they are, whatever they represent, 
They're here because we're interesting, not because we're not interesting. Of course, we look at what some people say, oh, they have a prime directive not to interfere with local activities. But their very presence, the fact that you can see them, has already interfered with local activities on this planet. They've changed people's lives. The whole concept of the prime directive, you know, the Star Trek prime directive, is, I think, a good example of thinking too much like a human. Because that's probably what we would do. If we went to another planet, the first thing we'd do is we'd we'd observe and we'd take our time. We don't know how they think. We really don't. So the idea that there is a prime directive or a non-prime directive, who really knows at this point whether they think that is the case or not. But I'll tell you one thing. They know a lot more about us than we do about them because they have the technology to get here. It isn't that they've been studying TV signals that have escaped into the reaches of space. They're here. They have managed to read everything on the Internet. They have watched every television program, every film, every documentary, every book, everything that is available. They have seen and somehow factored into whether they have computers or however they analyze information, they've been able to do something we haven't quite been able to do, which is take the entire output of humanity in terms of creativity, culture, government, writing, Shakespeare, the Beatles, they've taken it all and they put it all into one one place where they can absorb it. And they may have made sense out of humanity in a way that we haven't even done for ourselves. So Whatever the meeting of the minds is that's about to happen, whether it's been happening, but I'm saying that's about to happen in a public way, fasten your seatbelts, folks. This is going to be crazy. In passing, I should mention that with Star Trek, how many times did Captain Kirk violate the prime directive? It's not such a great directive, is it? If you have to violate it all the time. Even Captain Picard did a few things he shouldn't have done. First of all, I think the idea of a prime directive makes some sense, but I'm a human being. You know, I didn't grow up on another planet or another dimension. I have an individual mind, not a hive mind. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's an AI. I Whatever it is, I don't know how they think. And they, even though it makes sense to me to have a prime directive, they may not. Although, again, evidence would suggest they have some version of it because They clearly haven't done the massive intervention or the public announcement. So they have attempted some version of a prime directive. They haven't gone out of their way so far to just stick it in our faces and say, we're here. Whatever they've managed to do, they've managed to do it where there's still plausible deniability that it happened. And we, of course, our culture have become the unwitting assistants in the cover-up. Because through official uh, denial and ridicule, we have made uh, people for over seven decades feel like idiots if they talk about UFOs. And that's got you know, to end. And they're not waiting for Zephram Cochran to invent warp drive. I don't think they, they are. I don't think they are. Um, but I, I, I am always reminded of the fact that we don't have enough information to make informed decisions or speculations right now. It is possible uh, that there are people uh, around the globe 
a small group of people, obviously, but it is possible that a small group of people know enough of certain details to do informed speculation. That I think is possible. And, uh, and I think that they just decided a while ago, we're not going to do this in public because it's only going to cause trouble. And, and listen, we, we just, we came out of world war two where we had to defeat Hitler. Uh, I'm not sure that the, the public was ready to be told, yeah, there's aliens around here. I mean, that, that would have been a crazy thing. But that goes back to the other theories in the early days of the UFO field. How many of those early sightings were really test aircraft? Things retrieved from Germany that we played with to try to see what they did. Uh, I, I am certainly a believer that the vast majority of UFO sightings are, in fact, just an unidentified flying object. They are not, not a, uh, from another planet or another dimension. In fact, that's why Stanton Friedman, our friend, always still preferred the term flying saucer because he said, I'm not interested in UFOs. Most UFOs are not flying saucers. So I'm not interested in, in a garden variety UFO. I'm interested in a flying saucer, which uh, connotes something from another place besides here. So uh, I, I take his point on that. Uh, we, uh, we're just in a place where we, it's fun to speculate. I mean, I do it all the time. You do it all the time. But we're still speculating. We just don't know. And I guess that's why this issue is so compelling to us. We want to know because it's the biggest mystery ever. And we know it's been going on under our noses all our lives. And for some of us of a certain age, uh, we're tired of it and we want, we want to get these answers. But I would also say that all of us are people of a certain age. <laughs> all of us have lived all our lives in this secrecy and it's really time to kick it aside and find out good bad or indifferent uh or unknown what's what we what we think is going on we got to find out more of what's going on or not in our final segment with bryce sable and gene steinberg randall we wanted him on but skype would not cooperate it's a plot from microsoft you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. No, the aliens have not prevented Randall from connecting with us. It's Microsoft. It's Skype. It's some weird communications problem. 
that we haven't figured out. That's, that's very true. But, you know, I guess that also is kind of a, a <laughs> it's kind of interesting apropos of what we're talking about. You know, we're still getting fouled up on Skype. We do have wonderful technology and all that, but whoever's here has even better stuff. I mean, that's just the reality. Uh, you see the Tic Tac video. Well, that's not ours and it's not uh, Putin's and it's not China's. It's got to be somebody else's because it's doing some things that just don't happen around here. And th- there's a level of technology surrounding us that we don't know the answer to. I, that's all I keep saying. I mean, I, I wish I had these answers. And and the problem is you can research UFO sightings uh, all you want right now. And all, all you're going to do is come up with yet another UFO sighting to go on the backs of thousands and thousands of great UFO sightings. We need to move beyond that to this after-disclosure world. And that's, you know, to go back to the book, that's why... I, Dolan and I wrote that book, and that's where I think the next decade is going to take us. So just to go back to the question that you asked a few uh, segments ago, I guess I say it's very, very likely that we're going to have this uh, change within the next 10 years. But things are so fluid right now, and I think that's pretty obvious to anybody. I mean, look at the historically strange things that are happening for the first time ever and all that. We are on the cusp of this thing. It could happen tomorrow. You could wake up tomorrow morning and find out that something happened in the night and there's a news conference on the, you know, coming out of the Pentagon and martial law has been declared. I mean, you just don't know. It's, it's coming though. The one thing, of course, in the meantime, I say often, if UFOs are spaceships, it's very likely we're not seeing them in their true form. That's true. Obviously, uh, whoever can build whatever they're building can cloak them or make them appear differently than they are, or they might not. I mean, maybe the Tic Tac is just the preferred mode of transportation, or maybe it's a drone, or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. I think the frustration that I feel, that you feel, and, and your listeners feel is that we're all kind of fed up. And we're saying enough is enough. Those of you who have been studying this, stop keeping it to yourself. It's time to bring us all in. And that's why Richard Dolan and I ended our book with three little essays. One was to the others, telling them that we're onto them. The other was to the people telling us that we're going to have to get ready, get re- you know, people get ready. And the third was to the people who have been managing the secret. And I'll say the same thing that we said then. I understand. I'm speaking to those people right now. I understand why you did what you did. Uh, I understand how the system continued to create this secrecy on this topic. It makes perfect sense to me. But the thing that you need to understand now is that times have changed. The world is not the world where this secret first came to us. The world is one now where it demands to be out in the open. If you don't already have it, you better be working on the plan to unveil this as effectively as you can to the public. Because if you don't do what your job is, we are going to do it for you. That's what I would say. ET can start by helping us deal with climate change. Yeah, I don't know if they will, though. I mean, that's they might. 
they might. Uh, but then if they were, then they should have started. Uh, for all we know, in dark skies, for example, the aliens were starting climate change, right? They weren't here to save us from it. They were helping to alter the planet to make it more hospitable for themselves. This goes back to what we've said. There is an insufficient amount of data, real hard data. If you can't even agree uh, if the others exist or if they do exist where they're from or if you know where they're from, what they want, then you really can't speculate on what they think about specifics like climate change. I will say there is some evidence now that we can say something has to do with nuclear weapons because we know they've shown us that they can shut them down. They've done that repeatedly. So we know that they care about them and we know that they have demonstrated to our militaries that they can stop them if they want to. Now, why that's the case, I don't know. But I would also submit nuclear power certainly explains the timeline. We blow up the first nuclear bombs in 1945, and guess what? We get, we get Foo Fighters, followed by Ghost Rockets, followed by Roswell. And why Roswell? Roswell was the nation's only nuclear bomber base in 1947. Even Betty and Barney Hill, when they were abducted in 1961, lived 10 miles from Peace Air Force Base, which was the nation's nuclear bomber base post-Roswell. So I think nuclear weapons have something to do about this. I'm not sure what, but I think there's something going on there. That would also hint that UFOs may have a more direct origin, like a breakaway civilization or something, because why would they care? about nuclear weapons, unless if we destroy this planet physically, it could upset the balance in the solar system. You know, that's very possible. Again, I'm glad that as a screenwriter, I live in the world of speculation, so I can throw anything out and it, you know, whatever, I don't have to prove anything. But, you know, we don't know. For example, if these were interdimensional beings, we don't know that if you blow up a nuclear weapon on Earth, it doesn't punch a hole into their reality. Let's face it, in the time since uh, we blew up that first one in New Mexico, uh, I believe there's been like 10,000 nuclear weapons tested, something like that, something crazy. Well, if we were blowing holes into somebody else's reality, they'd be here looking around. I just feel like we go back to the universe is not only stranger than we imagine, it is stranger than we can imagine. And, and the people who have taken that position, like Jacques Vallée and others, who have said there's just more going on here than we're quite comprehending, I think they may have it right. There may be certainly that aspect to it. But then again, Stanton Friedman, J. Allen Hynek, two people that we talked about, both thought nuts and bolts were a big part of this. The thing, of course, is, and we can go on with another show for this, what would we achieve if we were continuing with the growth of science 100 years from now, 500 years from now? I mean, we look at now at the inventions of Star Trek, and except for the transporter and warp drive, which are being checked by scientists now, we've surpassed them yeah. with the communicator, with the tricorder, et cetera, et cetera. We're just about out of time. Bryce Sable, tell our listeners if they want to know more about the stuff you do, is there a place they can go? Yeah, listen, um, people that are interested in the UFO discussion, I've tried to turn this uh, Twitter page into a place where people can talk openly about it. The title for that is at Hollywood UFOs. 
at Hollywood UFOs. And I would also just uh, ask people if that I'd love to have them, not because of selling a book, but because I think the ideas are worthy of discussion right now. The book is AD After Disclosure, and it's written by Richard Dolan and myself. And I think it still stands the test of time. And I'm eager to engage anybody on those topics as they look at that. And and as for the rest of it, I just hope I'm lucky enough to bring some of these films we've discussed to the screen so people can um, love them or hate them. And uh, let's get on with this disclosure thing, people. Ask political candidates about UFOs. Thank you. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast community and fan club on Facebook. Look for the Paracast store with branded merchandise at theparacast.store, theparacast.store. And we also have the After the Paracast show, our supplementary show that's only available if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. For more info, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. You also get a version of the show free of the network ads with better quality audio. All combining for a great package starting at just $1.49 a week. Our price, cheap. Plus.theparacast.com. Bryce Sable, thank you for putting up with Skype's failings, and thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Always love to be there. Watch the skies, people. Thank you, Gene. Best to Randall. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>